All right, welcome to Brew Coven. Uh, we've got some really old, longtime friend here and contributor. The Highlander is back. What's up? Well, seasoned veteran. We've got the general in the house. Hey, yo. Coming back full force. A little bit of the Cali boys here since we figured we do a California uh, brewery. We're doing local brewing company out of the Soma District in San Francisco. So we were fortunate enough to get a whole lineup of their beers out here. Coma, Washington. Thank you, Reagan Long, brewmaster, for providing us with such tasty beverages, and we're we're here to review just that. This is the Dark Pony, coming at you live. Um, so what do we got first here, General? We're gonna go ahead. We got a whole spectrum of things. Yeah, right? first on the lineup of five beers is the Bluxem Black Lager. I think I am pronouncing that right. I hope. Uh, five point one percent common lager yeast, and that's about all they've provided in the explanation, but. Uh, Sterling hops and toasted malt, wheat bread, smooth, dry finish on the palate. A little background, and I guess I, everyone else, having lived out there and and been a big patron and goer of of local brewing company, uh, the Black Lager was a beer that had stood out to me. I noticed that when reading, I believe it was Brewbound, I want to say, there was an article uh, suggesting that this beer was phenomenal. There had been an award given to it. I think it was the California State Fair. They won an award for this lager. And me being just like a huge lager head, had to go out and seek this beer out, and I did. And it turned out to be one of my favorite black lagers ever brewed. It's actually um, California common ale yeast, really, is what it is. But the ale yeast and how steam beers produce is essentially much like a lager uh, fermented very cold. The yeast is just turning around, eating very slowly, so it's still very crisp, very clean lager, but has just enough, you know, kind of fruitiness there, a little bit of ester production uh, to make it quite interesting. So here we're going to taste this guy. Cheers, guys. Cheers, boys. Welcome back, Highlander. I've been on a hiatus out working on a state park on an island in Washington and just... Just cleaning bathrooms. And chainsawing, but a lot of cleaning up <laughs> shit and... Did search and rescue, and I did trail maintenance, just all sorts of outdoors work. And now I'm back in Tacoma, being a bum. Being a bum, drinking <laughs> beers. All right. Drinking beers with the boys. And he couldn't get much beer on the island, so. <laughs> this is great. This is great. So you, you're definitely getting that nice, crisp cleanness, but that roasty, kind of almost nutty profile mm-hmm. there in the malt bill is just quite extraordinary to me. Yeah, up front, it's like biscuit, but so crisp. Definitely yeah. nutty. And yeah. mild rest on it, though. Yeah, sure. mild rest. Yeah, not super, like, bitter, astringent. It's just really well done. Really nice, good, clean beer. Real black. When you put it up against the light, you're looking at, like, a slide-off you. This beer is not out for major distribution. I want to say locals simply in San Francisco. Um, you probably find it in your local Whole Foods if you guys are out in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Um, or just go out. They, they can up a bunch of their beer there. They got a cool little 16 ounce crowler system. Um, yeah, so it's, it's truly a local beer from a local brewery. <laughs> like if you didn't tell me what I was drinking and just handed this to me, I'd be like, Oh, that's delicious cold brewed coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's got that. It's a little bit of like what might come off as like oxidation it's just that metallic nature. And that happens a lot with like these darker mall profiles. I think a lot of people get mistaken by it. I don't think this beer is quite oxidized. It's got a little metallic flavor just coming off of what I believe to be um, a little bit of that unique, like, 
just bitterness that comes off black patent malt or darker malts in general for the most part. It's got definitely got the lingering roast of some cold brew for sure. There we go. Just hangs out. It kind of dries out a little bit, you but need a crush. not an astringent dry, like an appropriate dryness. So if you if you were to compare this to most like black lagers you've had, what would you think? Like what what would you say this this does for you in terms of the spectrum of black lagers that are out on the market today? I haven't had a lot of black lagers that I've really cared about. I would say, like the one that first popped into my mind is Baba Black Lager from Uinta. <coughs> That's a pretty solid one, but this one takes cake. I mean, de- definitely. A cleaner beard. You think it's cleaner? Like, what sense of cleanliness? Like, Baba Black Lager. I don't know. It's got a little more yeast esters that kind of conflict with the malt on it, but this one doesn't. Interesting. What do you think, General? General proofs. General proofs? You got the stamp of general approval. General approval. <laughs> so you were saying, though, is it an ale yeast and it's bottom fermenting or is it a lager yeast and it's um so yeah it's if you can clarify for the general sure so um it's essentially an ale yeast and it's bottom not bottom fermented but it's cold fermented right like a lager so this yeast can be treated much like a lager i believe they have another beer called the sf lager which is another flagship of theirs and that beer is also very clean um tastes much like a lager but the whole history of how California common ale yeast came about was essentially back in the mid to late 1800s when pioneers and settlers came out and and a lot of the German folk and Europeans came out to brew beer. Um, They found the real big issue with with being out in these parts, San Francisco, uh, Northern California, California in general, was they're coming across the issue of not having ice or any sort of refrigeration, right? So these lager strains that they were bringing with them weren't necessarily capable of actually uh, being treated much like a lager, fermented much like lagers. So what had happened was there was a development of essentially a different type of ale hybrid strain. And the way that came about was a lot of these breweries um, would take their wort, and once the beer was like, instead of actually cold crashing it like we do today with a lot of these beers, or, or cooling that wort down, they'd actually take that wort, let them sit up on the rooftops and cool ships, not open fermented per se, but I mean, there was a little bit of stuff I imagine that got introduced to it, but for the most part, what was going on is they'd let that wart cool overnight, that cold San Francisco Bay Area um, fog, fog <laughs> just roll in essentially and cool that wart down um, to an extent where they can then transfer it over and actually pitch yeast um, and have that, that yeast basically take over and, and then at that point, hopefully, uh, begin fermentation. Now, fermentation would take place, and they would, you know, provide ample types of conditions. And luckily, you know, San Francisco and all its microclimates that exist within it had the ability to essentially to do not quite lagers, but something really damn close to it. And what you would get was a lager-style beer with a little bit of those ale-type esters, essentially. So nowadays, you find a lot of smaller breweries with, you know, not necessarily the capability or ability to hold and house and lager a lager for extended periods of time, so they are able to use uh, California common ale yeast and actually treat it much like you would a lager yeast and get very similar results with a similar um, kind of very clean profile, yet still have a lot of these really interesting kind of slightly fruity subtle notes, which I think comes through in this black lager, personally. I think it's quite interesting how it does. Cool. Um, But yeah, I think the next one we've got here, this is a new one to me, um, is Soma Secrets, 
and it is a pineapple and guava saison. 6.4% alcohol. Um, I've always liked their saisons. The ones I've had in the past have been great. This one is a new one to me. I haven't quite had it. Uh, so I'm excited about this one. And uh, yeah, if our audience has had this and we haven't necessarily you know, touched on some particular notes and you guys want to message us at brewcoven.com or hit us up on social media and be like, well, you guys are missing a couple keynotes and historical facts about this particular beer in one way or another, by all means, chime in. <laughs> but we're going to do the simple task of just drinking this beer. That's like my favorite simple task. <laughs> oh, yeah. Already, I get the pineapple the second Straight I away. that. Wow, that's insane. And I just want to note for our listeners that it's a Monday <laughs> at, at noon. <laughs> but we do this for you. That's how committed we are. <laughs> we, only, we only put ourselves to this, this alcoholic torture <laughs> to educate the masses and make sure everyone's aware of you know, what beers are available for you to consume. So cheers, guys. Cheers. So, it's an exciting one. I mean, it's pouring, I don't know, this, there's slight chill haze to it, but for the most part, it's got a nice, really very bright, almost straw to golden hue to it. You like guava, the banana. Pineapp- the pineapple popped the second I cracked that can. The guava is just coming through extraordinarily. Yeah, I get guava immediately on the taste. Oh, yeah. Once you start sipping it, and it's interesting because it's a Saison, so they really went with that nice kind of Belgian fruity Saison yeast strain. Not very dry. You're getting not slickness, but you're getting a little bit of that like fruity sweetness that's coming through. It's a very much tropical type beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would go snag this guy up if if I were out in San Francisco, guys. I'd go pick this up now. I don't see this lasting very much though, but I know Reagan's known to be throwing it back to, to a lot of old seasonals every once in a while when you'd least expect it. They come back on the tap board. This makes me want to have barbecue pork. <coughs> In a tropical Kalua setting. pork. Yeah. <laughs> this is semi-tropical, just like bursting with island fruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely get the guava more than the pineapple. Right, Maybe the just... The pineapple bite, you know, that pineapple, like, acidity. you know, that little, like, the acidity of pineapple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got that pineapple the second I cracked it. And if you let it linger, that retronasal. So I know Reagan's a big fan of that retronasal. If you go ahead and you just, like kind of take that that nose breath then you get that pineapple yet again but guava is just such an overpowering fruit that's what i was thinking yeah you definitely get the pineapple the retronasal for sure Mm -hmm. some interesting stuff it'd be great if some of that made its way up here to washington that would be great (laughs) that might be a pitch i don't know this is like something i think i could see tin dog doing yeah just forward real forward thinking kind of approaches beers and you know I think Reagan, from conversations I've had with her and, and knowing her for a couple of years now, she's not afraid to delve into some really interesting stuff, and, and you guys will know that, because we're about to, I mean, I would say in terms of interesting beers on a lineup, like, and I think that this is really exciting that Local was accepting to subject themselves to our criticism, if you will, or our drunken debaucherous talks about beer, <laughs> is, they're put, we, we brought back some interesting beers. I mean, we're going to be tasting some interesting beers on this lineup. Um, this is just the first of many. I think the Black Lager is probably the safest of all of them. Um, well, we're gonna get pretty pretty unique here as we go on to the next couple. I mean, there's there's no real hundred percent true style beer we're gonna be doing after that Black Lager. And I can tell you right now, am I correct that our last Brew Coven podcast was pumpkins? It was. We did. I'm, I'm already loving better <laughs> these uh, two beers than everything we had last time. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. 
there was no pumpkin beer. <laughs> Even the pumpkin? Even the pumpkin, uh, yeah. Just to, for you guys that heard the pumpkin podcast, you, you guys know how I feel about pumpkin. <laughs> the general. Go back and listen to it. You, don't. <laughs> you didn't like pumpkinator either? Oh, yeah, pumpkinator. Pumpkinator, like pumpkinator was good, but I just. Those pumpkin beers are just. I'm just not a big pumpkin beer guy. We, but we do it for the people. <laughs> yeah, we do it for you. Again, we can't, can't stress that enough. And so, that being said, we're about to take a big old bump here. I mean, we just got to get us through this podcast. So, we've got the Belton bump. Um, this is when I had the pleasure of actually uh, seeing Groot once. Um, and I'll let the general kind of talk about it. There are some, some little tasting notes back there or some little ingredient profile. All right. Um, Belgian bump. Belgian bump. Custom brewed for you. It's Belgian Pilsner and Phil's uh, So Good Blend. Uh, Glacier Goldings and Centennial Hops. And tasting notes we've got are hazelnut coffee, pear, malt toast, light citrus, and banana nut bread. Ooh. And uh, let's see, 8%. So this is going to get us going. Yeah, it's a heavy hitter. I mean... It's definitely one of those that you need for the brew crew, early morning start, you know, you want something in life, you want your coffee, you want your booze, you want everything. Your banana, banana bread. Your banana bread. All I in mean, one. who needs a meal when you have a Belgian bun? Who needs that granola bar snack to get you going with <laughs> an espresso shot, you know? Belgian bun fixes all your morning qualms. It's beautiful coming out of the can. It's got that. Yeah, real nice golden gold. Mm, I love golden strong. Nice golden strong. Yeah, yeah if yeah, I yeah. failed to mention, this is a golden strong ale. That's what this is. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just... that coffee is so subtle. That nice blonde uh, rose. Phil's coffee, great coffee out ooh. in the area, like most of Northern California. Yeah, that is beautiful. I just want to live in it. As a oh. native Northern Californian, I just want to say that uh, our thoughts are with all the fires going on and all that. I'm a little nervous about my older brother's house in Oakland burning down at some point. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's it's tragic. I was actually just down there at the at the peak of all those fires. Yeah. Um luckily everyone was smart saved and, and okay. At least everyone I know in like the Marin area. Yeah, same with me. Halls out there. Um Yeah. Spears is killing it. Spears yeah, is really killing it. I mean, this is a, I believe this is the second batch. I never had this one. I had the first, and this tastes a lot like what it tastes like the first time I had it. Remember them winning some awards for this particular beer um, at Brews on the Bay, which is technically on this nice battleship thing. It's a big old brew fest out in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, Spears not changed a whole lot since then. Have you guys had the frame golden coffee? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, is that uh, new? No, it's oh. been around. So would you compare this beer to the frame golden coffee? Yeah. Is that what you're? Yeah, that's the that's the, the one direct comparison that mm. popped into my head when I tasted this. But I would well, say this is better. I mean, it's got more nuttiness for sure. The brighter coffee nose and flavor. I feel like the frame one is a little more one dimensional, where this one. Got a lot going on. A lot more sure. layers, yeah. It almost, like, I don't want to say lactose, but for you coffee and cream drinkers. Yeah, I was going to say, the mouth, your, the mouth feel, it has that. The little, 
the pillowy soft. fluffiness. Yeah. yeah. Espresso um, and cream, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this would be a fun beer, and I know Reagan's probably like, damn it, I should do that. Like, throw this on nitro. Like, Local's always got a couple weird nitros on. And that would be cool. I don't know if they've done it, but this would be a fun one on nitro. I feel like I'd have a hard time Up the saying no to that. <laughs> I don't know what the caffeine levels are right now, but I remember this one having it and just feeling like four loco amped. You know, like, <laughs> a little buzzy? Yeah, a little buzzy, you know, on both ends of, of the buzz spectrum. Caffeine, just speed, speed demon to the max. Really good stuff, though, dude. This is one of my favorite beers, I think, that they've ever put out. Um, I've been really impressed with all three of these so far. Yeah, but again, like, you know, these are really, a lot of people, especially in the San Francisco market, you just got to be doing a lot of forward-thinking stuff. It's like You got to be thinking, yeah. like, one step ahead of everyone else, like, where I feel like a lot of breweries these days, and I've encountered a lot of that in Washington, is just a lot of safe beer. Like, we're playing it safe, we want to do really good representations of the style, and not, I'm not saying everyone's doing it, but I feel like okay. it, it makes sense that uh, a lot of these people were... But... Challenge by, by thinking outside the box. But I also, you know, I also, you run into a lot of beer out there these days that's weird just for the sake of being weird and not necessarily good, you know, where yeah. it's like, oh, I'm just going to make the craziest sounding beer. And it's like, well, make good beer first, like have that base right. goodness to your beer and then do interesting things. I'm not going to name names, but there's some yeah. bre- breweries nearby that. Yeah. Just do weird stuff, and you're like, oh, this is terrible. But if I remember correctly, LBC a couple years back was just doing like clean IPAs. They were playing, doing the SF lager, the black lager, doing some really good true to style beers, pushing the envelope subtly. And then I think as comfortability rose, and maybe Reagan and, and the team decided, you know what, let's take this up another notch and just do things that people haven't necessarily thought of. Yeah. Maybe they thought of, and we can do it better. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, I never had that Freem beer that Highlander was talking about, but I know Freem does amazing beer. They do. So for him to come out and straight up say that, you know. And they also don't do a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of, I don't want to say they play it safe. They make amazing beer, but. Yeah, their Belgians are great. They're yeah. I mean, they have, a, they have like a, a clear focus. Our friends at Puffreem, as I like to call them. Puffreem. in beautiful Hood River. If you've never been, go. They make some phenomenal beers, for sure. And there's a lot of great beer in Hood yeah. River. But I, we're I, on... I know for a fact Reagan's a huge fan of Freem. So yeah. All right. What do we got next here? Into the cave. Oh, is this going to be a, a sentimental a... throwback for uh, Dark Pony? This is a sentimental throwback oh, for Dark Pony. Kind mem- of in both ways. Memories. So, I also did work at local brewing <laughs> company, if I must disclose that as well. You didn't have to. I didn't have to, but <laughs> if it's sentimental, it's sentimental. Uh, That's not course, what I would say. Of course, after I leave, the two breweries decide to come together. and The other brewery here. being? Um, yeah, so Anchor. <laughs> Anchor, who's now sold the soul to Sapporo, and uh, God bless them all. Still love everyone who's still there, and um, has done a really cool thing. They did a, a hazy IPA, New England style IPA, which is kind of blasphemous to even think that Anchor would ever do. <laughs> as long as I was there, and, and would talk to you know our brewmaster Scott and everyone, was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know about that. And, well, sure, enough, everything needs to be clean. Everything sure needs enough, to be clean. Here we are. 
doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how how hazy this is. Uh, I don't quite remember. Well, this is my second time drinking it, literally, after just picking up this can. Um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and... Um, it's a hazy IPA, so New England style. So it's got that yeast range, just kind of pushing for that yeast to, to kind of stay in suspension bit in conjunction with a little bit of this this hoppy characteristics there. I don't remember exactly what hops are used. I know they just recently put out another batch because Anchor just opened up their first ever tap room to the public. Um, so Which this is crazy be, to think about. <laughs> the the yeah, oldest brewery in the Bay, right? Yeah, oldest brewery on the Western United States. It, I didn't even realize they were, yeah. okay. 1896. Yeah. yeah. By the way, this beer is called Anchored at Local, which is an awesome name for this beer. I don't think we mentioned that. I'm already getting some nice fruity notes. See, as it's pouring out, it's it's kind of not that hazy. hazy. It's it's on the brighter side of things. I mean, we're up here. We're used to like Great Notion and like these hazy beers that you can't see through the glass. So you know. Yeah, I think I just saw like new media come out for the the new batch I did. That one looked hazier. I remember Reagan mentioning doing something a little different. Um, but yeah, this beer smells smells amazing. I mean. Just you know me, dude. I, if we had if we had a East Coast Mike in the house from yeah. Connecticut, right off the bat, right he'd start our, talking shit about it. Yeah, <laughs> it, just, it, just, it sucks. And, you know, it, you know, I can't see a hundred percent through it. And I know Reagan and I were always sticklers for how bright we could get the beers. And you know, it's really funny to to, to see like, oh, this is Hayes right now. Hayes. I, I know that she's like taking it up quite a notch or two since then. But yeah, the beer is fucking great. There's no fucking doubt about that. Oh, I, I could drink that yeah. all day. Yeah, some bright Simcoe flavors. Yeah. Right it's there. like, it's if you close your eyes and imagine yourself drinking a hazy IPA, <laughs> it's what it is. I mean, there's a lot. It doesn't quite um, have the texture. Of the that's what I was it, about to say. a little bit of the texture. A little not, bit. Yeah, you're right. It's not a great notion. It's not anything quite And I think there. of those texture-wise, they do have, I don't know, It's it, it's almost like a chewy mouthfeel. Kind of chalky. But not in a bad way. Chalky, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know really how to describe it. It coats your mouth. It lingers. Yeah. The retronasal is just like, you, when you exhale in your nose, you just feel that burst of fucking fruity flavors that are just coming through extraordinarily. I guess when I think of hazy IPAs, I almost think of like, it's a little like a smoothie. Like it has that feel yeah. of those, like a heavier liquid. Totally. Yeah, I get the hot, there's a hot bite here though. Oh, you know this, yeah, no, so like, this and is... And that's what I get, and that's what usually turns me off the most about these hazy IPAs, personally. Um, and you know how the Dark Pony feels about hazy IPAs. It's like, uh, I'm susceptible. I've brewed a couple, actually, and I, I still, I'm learning. I'm trying to get down with what you guys are loving about them. However, that hot bite is what turns me off first. And this particular beer has a little bit of hot bite. And I noticed that like some of these hazy IPAs end up having that hot bite falter or fall through mm-hmm. as you let them sit for yeah. a long period of time. I know I had the three way. The three way was not a good example because I was still pretty well balanced beer to begin with. D- dude, I thought the three way this year was just the best beer of the year. Oh, yeah, I just love that yeah. beer. 
Oh. I mean, for, for weeks on end, people were only drinking that beer, which was supposed to be a limited thing. Yeah, right. and then they, they had a three-way. <laughs> hey, come to your party with three-way. I got a three-way still in the fridge as we speak. It's just out of control. Like The general drink general all of it. with, like, two growlers. <laughs> three-way. Another, yeah, I'm like, what about anything else? No. <laughs> this is all I'm drinking. But, um, yeah, and that's for George. But essentially, Thank you, great notion. <laughs> uh, yeah, the hot bite. And that's, like, what... It's always been like, ugh, that's like too abrasive. And where do you think, where does that come from? Is it from the oil? I feel it at the end. Yeah. From the hop oil, right? Right. So a lot of people use a lot of lupulin extract, a lot of like those cryo hops and vast amounts will end up getting a lot of that texture, that weird hop bite. Yeah. It's like, it happens a lot in these AZ IPAs and a lot of the treehouse, trillium stuff that comes out early that I get my hands on. um, I just like, yeah. It's too much, too abrasive. Can't appreciate the beer. It makes it hard for you to drink a six percent pale, like right. And then, I mean, this beer not quite high in ABV. We're looking at seven percent, or just just about what you know I would find my common denominator being as far as alcohol in my beers. Uh, but the hot bite is there. It's present. Well, and I want to ask you about this, Dark Pony. Was when we had the the. IBU craze started like three, four years ago, right? It was, and it was three years ago, yeah. It was yeah, like, and it was like, how high can we get it? Right. To me, we ended up with so many awful beers that had that hot bite where it just tasted like they dumped essential hop oil in the beer yeah. to like jack up IBUs. the it's IBUs. Like shooting bitterness. Like, yeah, and it like it. wasn't even good, you know, whereas like, you know, Northern California. My favorite beer growing up, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, you know, like classic beer, you know, that was like a IPA before IPAs were a thing, you know, but it, it had the, that touch of hot bite, but it was appropriate. And yeah. then it just felt like all these, you know, oh, yeah. like you bigger, not, bigger, even, bigger. Even someone like me from Texas, yeah. you know, having that beer, I was like, oh, god damn, that beer is way too bitter. I can't drink it. It tastes like <laughs> dry out my mouth. It yeah. Like this is my expansion. Sierra Nevada Pale yeah. would dry out my mouth, and I feel like I had sandpaper. Wow. So, I mean, it's all about drinking beer, right? Yeah. So, you're only going to learn and experience beer to a certain threshold, and, and that's where <coughs> perceived bitterness, bitterness comes in. And that's where, you know, mouthfeel comes in. Certain expand. Like, someone could be a veteran, like East Coast Mike, who drinks hazy IPAs, has grown up drinking those kind of beers. And then comes out here and has it like, ah, oh, that's a terrible representation yeah. of what this is. I'm not getting what I'm used to. And, and it's like, you know, it's hard to say, oh, it's New England style. If it's New England style, I mean, well, and it, clarify should be, that. it should be brewed by a New Englander because I don't think anyone out here in California knows what it is. Like, I think the other day I had an Alpine beer. And, yeah, say what you say about Alpine, but I think that their dimension on their beer is phenomenal regardless of how they're acquired or however they, the company is run. But what makes it a New England style for um, our listeners? So, just to, yeah, this is something the most basic. So as far as like still I'm not concerned. like a proper definition. Because I honestly, the general I hear, I I don't know still to this day. So, like I know that I, I hear the term and I always I, nod my head here. like so, okay. <laughs> here in the West Coast, we pride ourselves on our, our our aromas. We're big aroma. We're big fat, juicy, <laughs> juicy, fruity, really big aroma beers. Yeah. Out on the East Coast. They want that aroma, but they also want they want a little bit more texture. They want a little bit more mouthfeel, and they're all about their mouthfeel and body. And juice we not necessarily flavors. And juice flavors, but the juice flavor comes out a little different than what our perception is. So, let's like, say a beer like this, this is juicy as hell. 
This Anchored at Locals is super juicy beer. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of fruity notes, but I wouldn't say it's a New England style by no. any means. And, I mean, I mean yeah. let's put the haze aside. I think that this beer comes through to me, and it comes through probably most of us here right now, is like, it's a West Coast style with a hop bite that comes off of some of these East Coast style beers. Yeah, right? for sure. And I think that the only reason the hop bite comes out, maybe I'm sensitive to it, but I've talked to a lot of New Englanders about hop bite, and they're like, yeah, you're right. I do sit on my hoppy beers for a while. And that's unheard of. Like, here we're about... Fresh drink hops, it, man. Drink it today. Drink it today. Drink it now. We have, like, drink by, you know, series It's on the can, actually, yeah. here. Like, drink by yeah. 30 days from now. Yeah, exactly. Like. Like, I mean, and that's something local prides itself is, is drinking fresh as fuck. Yeah. And that's why we're doing this podcast now. I mean, it's like, God, we have to do this. We stuff. have to do it on a Monday. We have to do it. We do this Monday. for you. We do this for you. We wouldn't give you the best representation of what this beer is if we didn't. But, and that's true. But then there's other beers. There's other Berliner Weisses. There's there's a whole slew of stouts. There's a whole slew of other styles of beers that need to be sat on. And I think that I've grown a better appreciation for the New England style by letting them sit for a couple weeks. Yeah. A couple weeks, even a month. I've been chilling on them, and they're like, I taste them. It's got all the well-roundedness that I wanted. It's approachable. It's a smashable beer after that. And then I can actually assess the beer for what it is. Otherwise, I'm it's, drinking it, and it's just like, this is in my face. Yeah. This, it's, everything, it's like... Someone slapped me and was like, I'm in your face right now. It's funny to think about, though. I hadn't even thought about the fact that, like, historically, the whole point of an IPA was that it was going to sit on a ship mm-hmm. on its way to India for several months, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah like, now we want Now we're what? like, fresh up! Guess what? <laughs> if you think about it, dude, that the New England style is a UK-based state. I mean, it was a British right. approach. And they started it. It was a colonial style. And they took that whole approach the same way. So it makes sense that these beers would get sat on, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, here, we're, we're the opposite. Of it. We're like, we're right. bastardizing <laughs> We're like, like you want to do this? Newer, like, fresher, fresher, better, bigger better. now. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, basically, we're doing everything as American as possible. Right. Just brash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that being said, this but, beer is great. It's still West Coast style, and I'm glad it is. It's got a little bit of, like, a, I can, I can a commentary it. on the English approach yeah. or the hazy um, but the new one I saw is hazier. Hazier. We'll see. I mean, I, I, it'd be nice to see if we could get our hands on some of that. Um, so the next so, one we've got here. Send us beer. <laughs> is a true, and it literally says on the can, New England style. It's a Mercules. Mercules, Mercules. So let's see where the haze spectrum lies on this one. But I'll let you read some of those ingredients while you guys all prep for the next batch all right let's see we've got uh malt simpson golden promise extra pale malt rolled oats for hop citra and huel melon and for the juicy aroma tasting notes strawberry cantaloupe honeydew melon and papaya and uh man that's a pretty epic description i'm 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 almost nervous but 9.1 so it's a double it's gonna we're going to be feeling good after this, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ready we're, to seize the day. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go work after this. Um, the general has some wars to fight. Uh, Highlander has to... To battle it out. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go get involved with some sword play. <laughs> <laughs> He's LARPing, so let's yeah, be this, honest. This there, There's your the haze. difference immediately. Like it, This is a true haze... Haze Craze IPA for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't see through this one. It is opaque. It's not nearly as bright as like a lot of the ones that we've been used to. 
very, I mean. It's a beautiful color, but you're right. It's not. It's not quite like that orange juice color that yeah. we used to for these yeah, type of beers. Green Ocean has like made us believe that it's it, the only way. That yeah. It. But it does. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and Treehouse and Mungish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's, that's how excited we are about the beer right now. Cheers. And I would walk. This is this is for you you listeners. I was gonna say readers, but the general's done a terrible job with blogging. Yeah. <laughs> Blog game has gotta get stepped up and we will. Um but yeah, as as we make more journeys and we go out and like see some more interesting things. Right. In fact, the, the general brought back some delicious beer from Arizona Wilderness, and maybe we'll have to do a little Arizona podcast. Oh, Arizona. Yes. Yeah, that'd be good. I wish we could get some Santana. Wearing an Arizona there. North uh, Doom Metal Sludge Band shirt. Now, I saw them in San Francisco, too. It was a there good you time. go. Arizona's doing things. Not yeah. not quite the way that California's doing things, yeah, or yeah. quite the way that the Northwest is doing things, but there's some things there's in some Arizona things. that are Doesn't good. Arizona have Pueblo Vida too right now. I think Husband. There's a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. Out there. There's some. I know Tucson and Flagstaff are doing some things. Phoenix is a bit of a wasteland. I did not mind. San Other than Green Arizona wilderness at all. Really? Because I I had some offensive. Maybe they've gotten better. <laughs> Well, I was just out in the boonies, and when we drove 30 minutes to get to the Walmart to get beer, and you could get a 12-pack of Santan Boom. if you got there at 9 in the morning yeah. on delivery day, that wow. was nice. That's right. <laughs> Running in Walmart for your release. But Mother Road, or Mother Road. closest thing to But back to, back to California, back to these beers. Back to beers that matter. Shots <laughs> uh, <laughs> fire. <laughs> That's... Um, that's not no offense to you, directed Arizona. at Arizona Wilderness. <laughs> you, know, you do great beer. You do great beer. <laughs> just, just can't go on tangents about your beer. We're professionals. I just sip it on this and letting it warm up in my hand is is quite nice. I mean, yeah. this is a true New England style. Um, oh yeah, it's it's a hazy IPA. It's a double IPA, and the hot bite has been subdued. I, again, I don't know when this beer was released, so I don't have a big idea of how long it sat but i feel like this tastes a lot like those beers that i let sit for a little bit and they have that well-rounded better i wouldn't say i don't even know if it's maturity i would just say that the beer allows those hops to let be a lot less abrasive a lot less of that hop good good old mouth feel on this one what about flavors guys i'm curious definitely getting a little of the strawberry on the end okay Little strawberry on the end. The melon, I'm not quite. Picking they up, they but they really promised a lot, is what I'm worried about. Yeah, like, I mean, on the nose, I definitely get some cantaloupe for sure. Yeah. You do get some. Yeah. Like honeydew, orange. Maybe honeydew. Honeydew doesn't have much of an aroma though. Oh, I'm talking like the orange cantaloupes. Like, if you get a real fresh one, cut into it. That's what it smells like. Yeah, a nice ripe one, maybe. Starts blurring the lines of melon and. Peach, but I don't know. I think the strawberry comes through a little bit. There's a little bit more of that berry going on in the end. It's hard to tell because a lot of like us in the hop tasting realm, like oh, tangerine, citrus, yeah, sure. right off the bat. But I mean, this it's like you're an idiot. Like you've you've been like conditioned to believe just that. 
I'm so conditioned. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. I get strawberry. Yeah, I get strawberry. I get a lot of uh, like grassy hot bite in the middle. There, grassy, and that's what's. uh, It follows with like some white peach flavor, like right stone fruit. Okay. No papaya. I didn't get any of that. I just think this is an amazing beer. I think they just didn't describe it very well, or maybe it tasted a little different before. But could have, yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know when we got this beer compared to when it was released. However, the strawberry nuts are coming through a lot right now. So here we are drinking uh, Mercules right now. Mercules, literally twelve twenty three or ten twenty three, and in October. This could have been released earlier this month at the very beginning. This could have been released in September. Right now, it's drinking a lot like a nice. And it's cool because I've never had a strawberry hazy IPA. I'm getting a lot I'm of I'm trying to think if I have. You had the now raspberry made... hazy IPA yeah. from Stock Shoes. Yeah, which was delicious. Again, there is no strawberry in this beer, listeners. Right. There is no fruits in this beer. We're describing hops, their ability to convey different types of fruity profiles and, and or grassy or piney and, or earthy or botanical notes. These are all just... Like your cup, like you're cupping a coffee. Like you know, you're you're doing your cupping. You're getting your like sensory. This is your sensory analysis on hops, essentially. And yeah, strawberry. That's, so I'm gonna stick to my strawberry guns. And there this. you go. I was gonna say I we have citra hops and everything up here in the Northwest. We all love the citra. But tell me, do you know anything about this Huel melon hop? I yeah, I don't know it. anything about it. I've had it actually when I went to Hop Harvest. Uh, okay, totally checked it, it out. Bavarian. Um, yeah, another grown it in Yakima. I mean, they're growing everything in Yakima now. But I, 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 I don't Bavarian hop initially. Was it Bavarian? A lot of these. Cool. So a lot of these have their starts elsewhere. Uh, kind of like you know, the fucking Medusa hop that was initially like in technically a New Mexico, Colorado hop that's now predominantly just grown in Yakima. Um, and that hop is another story, but I'm just saying hops have <coughs> their ability to convey different things and they may not necessarily be necessarily crossbred or, or those varietals may not have been intentionally produced to produce that type of profile. They just happen to be well did. And it's, it, it's up to the brewers, the consumers, and everyone to decide what they want to pick up and what's going to stay and what's going to keep growing and what they're just going to push to the wayside. Maybe just have... You know, a rhizome or two in the back banks. But literally, what drives the development of a lot of hops is who ends up working with these hops, who ends up picking them up, who gets contracts, etc. Um, and aren't some of them, like, aren't some of the new hop varietals, like, patented? Like, you have oh, to yeah. be the one that and did they, it? Yeah, they definitely all have. Yeah, it was mine, man. More on them, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Huel Melon... Um, I don't know. It could be a little bit of a softer melon note. And actually, like, that's what I like about fresh hop season is you get to taste hops at the beginning in the most truest form. And for a hop connoisseur or a beer connoisseur at that, you're able to actually get an assessment of what that will taste like, kiln and pelletize. And it's a good observation of what you're going to be looking at over time because these hops, you know, they're going to age. You're going to have some time on them. You're not going to get another harvest. You're not using fresh hops. A lot of these will pick up different characteristics over time, and it's your—it's a skill that a lot of people have to have is that ability to understand what kind of citra is going to give you the best, what kind of 
why are people getting all their Cascade in Willamette? And, uh, and, and you know, some people do get their Cascade in Yakima, but some people might go down to Willamette because those alphas are higher. They get a later harvest. Those alphas have been a lot longer. It's, they allow them to stay on the bind longer and develop longer and get more lupulin. You know, there's other there's so, a lot of things to look at it. And if you look at this, this melon hop, it might have conveyed those things at a certain point in time. And maybe it conveyed it right initially. And maybe if we just sit here for another half hour... It'll taste different. It'll taste more like melon. But for So me, the... The general in a former life may have been involved as a wine buyer for a certain uh, grocery store chain, but in wine, the, the term is terroir, you know, and and the idea is like place, like the place that the grapes are or the mm-hmm. place that the hops are. We talked about terroir. Make yeah, a this huge podcast. difference. And, and you know what? Yeah. We've had terroir conversations, mm-hmm. and I've had terroir conversations with people when it comes to uh, hops, and I think that the, the, the obvious thing is that now that I'm well-versed in the subject, there is no terroir in hops. Interesting. None. Uh, the only reason that there's different things coming through the hop, through the rhizome, gets developed. Right? What is the rhizome? Sorry. The rhizome is essentially like a root, essentially, okay. that you're planting, and that's what's going to create a vine. It's very similar to a wine grape. Oh, cool. Uh, a, like a vine on a grape, It's but they're called vines with a B instead of a vine. Ah. Um, and they grow up trellises just like uh, uh, essentially grapes do, but they grow up to about 50 Much higher. higher. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's interesting to like get that percentage. I was talking to a hop grower, and I was like, hey, what Dude. about terroir and hops? Yeah. And he was like, not a thing. Cool. There's early harvest hops, and that just is basically based on the nature of things. Are these hops ready to get pulled? Has there been enough, like, soil? And are all the nutrients getting right, right. Are there enough sunlight that's about these, these basically these hop cones to grow to their full extent? You can't make them grow any longer. It just so happens that there's other fields where hops can live longer, can be sustained longer, and continue to produce lupulin over a longer period of time giving you higher alpha acids so you're getting that's that's a whole different thing and it has nothing to do with terroir now terroir and malts and barley well, that's a different subject okay and i think that there's actually something to be said about something that. serious well and terroir and microflora as far as yeast yeah so oh for sure on for yeast sure. yeah on yeast, and that's not necessarily terroir because it's not in the earth right it's, but it's more the about funk of the wherever you are and regionality in it so when i had that talk with our, our friend about um Terroir beer. Who was that? And uh, uh, it was one of our Somali friends from oh, the cool. Bay, and we had him on. And I literally, I literally berated him about how there is in fact terroir, <laughs> and I think that you know I now he'll never come I back. I digress and no, say you know I was back. wrong. <laughs> I was wrong, and it's okay to be wrong. Terroir yeah. and beer is not necessarily a thing. There is regionality, and there's and and beer will be treated like wine over time. Oh, it's already obviously, getting there. Obviously, local brewing company and, and Reagan, her vision already sees that happening because yep. we see the regionality and, and a lot of things going on in this particular type of beer and the beers that she's producing and her team are producing. And I think it's phenomenal. And I think that they're they're trying to make the best assessment of what it is. And I think that her goal ultimately is like if I were to produce another brewery elsewhere, it would be a different local. It would be a local of... Bend, Oregon, or a local of Oakland, or a local of Sacramento, perhaps. Tacoma. Or Tacoma. <laughs> Tacoma Ooh, local. Maybe. However, um, yeah, this is a really good um, evaluation of hops that I think we had here. Yeah. I think that we really learned a lot. I think we did. And, and maybe I, that melon's coming through, and 
I'm going to say this coming spring, Brew Coven, we're going to have the opportunity to plant and grow some hops. And we will include you listeners. We'll uh, include some Pinterest of our farming efforts. But we're going to we're gonna yeah, grow some hops we'll out on the... A, a miniature farm going? Uh, out yeah. on the peninsula. We, or even, yeah, here. Out on the KP, or even at your place, but yeah. I'm just saying. We actually, you have hops growing at your place. I do have Cascade. We but, noticed that. But I just, I, yeah, <laughs> we got a potential thing going on here, so yeah. we'll see. Um, but yeah, exciting times. Well, local, man. Thank you, yeah, local. Man. Thank like, you, Reagan. This Thank was you, amazing. Uh, the whole team out there, um, phenomenal beers. Um, I'm glad we didn't get too crazy on, on all of it, because I felt there was a lot of wild things. There is another what? beer Not that I wish that. I could have gotten my hands on. It was a beer that featured, um, it was literally a hybrid beer, and they featured uh, marijuana, which is the closest mm-hmm. cousin of hops. It wasn't, I've heard it of wasn't, marijuana. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't <laughs> Highlander, true. Highlander, in fact, we have an <laughs> expert. Proponent, but it wasn't necessarily <laughs> marijuana, but it was actually the, uh, what are they called, the, the terpenoid? Not terpenoids. What are they? Cannab- the, cannabinoids? Not cannabinoids. Cannabinoids. Uh, they're the, they're the proponents of marijuana or, or you know, the, the plant itself that doesn't necessarily get you high but provide aromatics. So I tried that beer and it was interesting. Tetrahydrocannabinoids. <laughs> anyway. That's another, <laughs> something sciencey. Another one to look into for local. Um, I saw this play. I had the beer. I definitely tasted, you know, proponents of it that reminded me of marijuana itself. Um, however. Wait, you tasted marijuana? I've tasted it in the form of beer. <laughs> a form of beer. Local brewing company. And yeah. Then how else would you know what it tastes like if that's your exactly. only basis? So that's, it's that's like my when, point exactly. when I was I 14 really and my dad was like, if you smoke marijuana, I'll know. I know the smell. And I was like, Dad, how do you know the smell? Caught you in a problem here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well. Thanks for catching us on this particular segment about local brewing company. Please go out there, check them out. We're in San Francisco. They're out there in the Soma District, really close to AT&T Park for all yep. you San Francisco Giant fans. South uh, of Market, 21st Amendment, also in the neighborhood. Exactly. Good and spot to check out and the whole heat of it all. Go Giants. Yep. The yeah, season's sure. over. I Maybe. think the Houston Astros are probably going to take it from what it looks like. We hope. We hope. We'll see what happens. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening to Brew Coven. Fuck the Dodgers. And uh, we'll see you guys on the flip. Enjoy your October. <laughs>